So what are the odds you think Steven Gerrard takes over as Liverpool manager in the next couple of years? I think he needs a little more experience and then after that he'll probably be more considered seriously more considered. I feel like I mean we've seen it we've seen it very often these last couple of years where managers with no experience are getting chances just because they're legends of the club, you know. Yeah, but I mean it's a double as short it's a double as short because it could work and sometimes it can work and it goes very, very well. Or like a Zidane situation where it can go very, very bad. Well, not that it goes very bad, but it can go like okay and then turns out that turns out as a bad situation, sort of like Lampard. So I think I'd be very careful as to especially Gerard, because Gerard would be the exact same uh, have would have the exact same impact as Lampard. Like he's obviously equally a legend for for Liverpool than Lampard was for Chelsea. So they're basically on the same level. Do you imagine the impact that Gerard would have on Liverpool would be massive? So you gotta be very careful at the timing on with of when you want to do that. I still feel like Klopp has a longer cycle with Liverpool to go for. I'd say maybe a year or two, and then maybe consider Gerrard. But at the same, at the same time, like when will Gerrard will Gerard still be at Rangers? Will they still be one of the top, the best team in Scotland? So there's. I, I mean, we saw because he. I bring this up because he mentioned uh, Trent uh, recently because obviously Trent was not selected for the England squad, which I think we kind of both hinted at when we had that conversation uh, a while with how England just has so many good fullbacks right now. Um, but Trent hasn't been performing, and we kind of it kind of felt like impossible not to select him because we know how good he can be. But he really hasn't been in form. And Gerard kind of acknowledged that. But he said, like, yeah, maybe he hasn't been playing his best football right now, but he's still, like, the most talented fullback. And I, I don't know if he said the world or England. Um, but... Uh, I would say England, probably. Probably England. But it's uh, it's just interesting because, obviously, what's the what's the future like for, for Trent at England? Because I think, I think it's going to be... He's obviously going to be picked back up, right? But... He has a lot of competition, so now we at least we know nothing's guaranteed, right? Yeah, but yeah, but then when you look at it, at his competition too, like it's not, it's not, it's very good competition. Like Reece James is a good right back. He's obviously not the best, but Kieran Trippier, I forgot. We f- keep forgetting about Kieran Trippier because he plays for Atletico, and we don't really talk about him often. But like he's still a pretty decent right back. Like he's one of the best in the league still. And then Kyle Walker is just like Kyle Walker, so you know what you're gonna get from him. It is going to be tough for Trent. I do feel like eventually he will he will make it. So I don't know who like falls out though, but I do think that Trent will make it. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, I think he has the talent for it, right? Like he has more than enough talent for that. Um, it's just about getting back in form. But uh, speaking in form, I mean, we have Spurs that are doing nothing but collapsing uh, as of late, injuries as well. But I mean, listen, like. We when we we can talk about the Spurs, uh, um, the Spurs Champions League. Uh, well, I mean, not even Champions League, Europa League game. <laughs> um, maybe we could. Maybe, are we live though? Because we could probably do the intro too. Sorry, I got you off. <laughs> you started to cut me off. Yeah. All right. Episode eighteen, guys. Forward pressing. Make sure to follow us on our socials on Twitter, forward press pod, on Instagram, forward underscore pressing. Um. Yeah, make sure to DM us any questions you have or start any conversations. We're always looking to have conversations with the people. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gerard may be a target for Spurs. Thoughts? He's on the list. I mean, they've talked about a potential replacement for Mourinho. They have, they've had like him on the list. And then there was also Nagelsmann and the Rangers and Rodgers. I don't think Gerard makes sense right now just because I feel like Spurs needs a, needs a more experienced manager. 
And also, like, I think Dion Levy himself said that, like, he's worried about the lack of experience for Jarrett, which is why he's not seriously more, more seriously considered. So I don't, I don't think it'll be, like, a realistic uh, signing for them. Okay, so wait. Let me ask you this, then. Where does Gerard go? Does he stay at Rangers again? I feel like he's he he won the league, right? For when was it last? When was the last time they did that? The way they did. Uh, well, I think I think Celtics won the won the last seven. I think. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, if there's if there's a next step for him, what that what does that step look like? Is it like a what kind of caliber of a team? I think he should stay at Rangers, but just because the simple fact that you've won the league once, but can you do it again? And like, I think people might think of this season as a, like a one season wonder, and then he was sort of like lucky and stuff like that. You want to kind of get ready, rid of the doubt that there was any like luck into uh, you guys, the Rangers winning the championship. Obviously, the Rangers was the best team in the, in the league. Like, you could tell the difference in their style of play. And even the, even in the Europa League, like they were some of the one of the most interesting things to in the in the league in the Europa League. Sorry, but even in Europa League, they got bounced pretty badly too. So that just tells you that there's a lot, there's still a lot of work that Rangers has to do as as well as Gerard. So I think there's a there's a room for progress for him at Rangers before he's actually considered for a, a Premier League job. I think I think he's gonna end up. I think what should happen anyways is like we gotta be patient with him. Like if he if he really considers like his manager career. Uh, like a longevity thing like you don't want to it's kind of dangerous to get like what Lampard did right just like right right off the bat Lampard was at Derby County right yeah and then straight up he went to Chelsea and like failed but Derby didn't even qualify for like the Prem yeah he didn't really have any success at Derby like that's the thing he was sort of successful because he had a a lot of younger players and I think that's sort of why and a lot of those younger players were Chelsea loans so that's, that may have been why he sort of got the lead into the Chelsea job. But realistically, he should have never got the Chelsea job just because of his lack of experience. Like, it didn't really work out for him. Yeah. I mean, they were hoping they got, like, a Ole or, like, a Zidane situation. I mean, I wouldn't even say Ole is even close to the success Zidane had. Uh, not even in the same realm of conversation. But, I mean, if you had to talk about former players taking over their um, clubs, I think Ole at least is above average. I think to be fair, though, Ole does have a lot of experience playing, uh, you playing, uh, coaching, uh, in Molde, Denmark. Like, I think he was Haaland's first coach as well, so he has more, he had, he definitely had more coaching experience, exactly. He was, he has the coaching experience, but you can argue that the league he got the experience in isn't like the most reputable, right? So, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I'm saying. I think for Gerard, like, did you see the Chabi Alonso news? Uh, for Mukin, he's going to Mönchengladbach. Yeah, see, like, I think that's a move that kind of would like Gerard was gonna have to make, like, um, no, not like a top four contender team, but like a fringe team that he can like maybe bring in the conversation, like maybe like a West Ham, you know, like, who knows? Well, well West Ham is a big market in in London, though. That's a big for sure, for sure. I mean, I just saw West Ham fans being like they're not satisfied unless they get top four. If you told the West Ham fan. Um, before uh, the season that they'd end up finishing fifth place, I think they'd take that in a heartbeat. Um, so I think they're getting a little bit greedy now. But see, that's the kind of team, like, I would have given them Everton, maybe, um, if Ancelotti wasn't there. Maybe like a Wolves. You would give Gerard Everton? Yeah, I would. Gerard. Everton Everton, Everton wasn't... No, be, pretend it did, this season didn't happen. Everton has been really uh, well this season. No, but forget, forget that. Like, 
Everton and Gerrard don't go well together. Okay, yeah, of course. But I'm talking about the, like the level of club, not the club specifically, obviously, because of like the Liverpool history. But I mean like that. So like a tier two or a tier three, basically. Exactly. Like a tier two, I think. Uh, I mean, to be honest, like any job in the Premier is going to be tough. So I do feel like you need a lot more experience elsewhere before you actually get a big one. Because if you fail on your... Not necessarily in the Premier, talking. Like maybe, like maybe, uh, I mean, it's hard to picture him. In another league, right? Though, like, here's the club, Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, they just fired their coach, right? Peter Bosch. They got, they fired him. Yeah, they fired him. Damn, and he was doing good. He was doing well there. So you know, you see a team like Bayer Leverkusen would be a good, uh, interesting team. Exactly. Yeah. Style of play and everything is sort of matches style, his philosophy. But uh, see, like they were saying, I saw rumors of, uh, not rumors, but they were trying to start the conversation of Brendan Rodgers maybe taking the the West Ham job or something like that because like West Ham's promising but like why the hell would or um, Spurs like why the hell would Brendan Rodgers leave Leicester City when they're better than most teams in the Premier League now especially Man U exactly like look we're talk, we'll talk about this Manchester Leicester game like honestly like the better team won the better team won the, that game and Leicester have injuries too we have injuries but Leicester have injuries too um it's not really an excuse um the first goal was abysmal um like it's so on and off with Fred because he's had spells at the at the club where he's like our anchor, um, running the whole midfield. But then there's also spells where these last like two three weeks where he's been like costing us games, giving the ball away so easily. Like the goal should have never happened. First of all, I don't know why Maguire placing the ball there because there's like there's like two guys around him, um. The pressure was the pressure was already on. They they pressed high. They started they pressed they started pressing high. The high press and I feel like Maguire should have probably been a bit a little smarter with with his play and try to because he puts Fred in a bad position. He hundred percent like Maguire's first mistake was giving him the ball. The second mistake was Fred literally tapping it for Ianacho to fucking get the goal. But uh, Ianacho is informed by the way. Kalechi, he's starting to show up. Yeah, yeah, he he is, he is, he's informed. Um, but yeah, just to stay there, I think I think our our defense has been like they weren't they haven't been playing terribly, but we have a lot of inconsistency um, inconsistency up front right now because we have a lot of injuries. Like Rashford's kind of on and off; he's like battling injuries constantly, trying to play when he can. Uh, we had just had Greenwood injured. Um, Cavani was injured before. Pogba just came back finally. Bruno didn't start. They were resting him, um, giving him to beat the train. What do you think about Pogba as a, on the right wing? You like? I mean, on the left wing. Sorry, I feel like it's this. I feel like this is like his position to me. You think you'd like him on the wing? I like him. I mean, I'm starting to consider him on the wing as like a possible option because he's been doing so. He's been performing a lot very well. I do feel like still. He would still rather be in the middle three as uh, the the left side of the middle three. So like a basically at eight on the left side right but as a winger he's i mean again against milan he was basically on the wing the entire game and he did pretty well there and even then against leicester like he's probably manu's best player even though you guys lost so i mean it just tells it just shows you the quality again the guy's like listen if it works i am not opposed to it obviously i want what's best for the team just feels like we have better options there where we can use him as a the better spot for him but if that's what's working right now then like so be it but we need to figure our shit out. And obviously, like, honestly, I hate the way the club, like, handles losses now. It just feels like 
it just feels like it's nothing to them, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah, we just keep moving forward and we sorry we let you guys down and we know winning is important and we're going to do better next time. And then, like, it just feels so lackluster and, like, empty words. And a lot of that comes from, like, the manager. Like, he kind of, the way he talks about, like, the losses and the way he talks about, like, the future and whatever and expectations kind of just, like, I feel like it's been two and a half years of, of, of Ole, like, lowering the club's ambitions a little bit. I think you're not being too fair because Ole isn't the type of guy that's going to just lash out on his players in front of the press. He's not the... No, you shouldn't lash out, but you also shouldn't be, like, I don't know, sometimes the way you go about... I mean, to be fair, you guys were still in the game to an extent. Like, it's not like... It's it's not like... We the... were, we were. At halftime, it was 1-1, and we were playing... We, we had better chances. We were being more aggressive, even the beginning of the second half. But then it just quickly really turned on its head and we were on the back foot. Yeah, it's not like the, the Spurs game in the Europa League when they got smacked and then Mourinho got absolutely furious and stuff like that. In that situation, you can react like that. But, like, I don't think, like, Ole is the type of guy that will give you this type of reaction, especially even if the loss is bad or whatnot. Especially not in front of the, the – on camera. Like, he'll probably do it in behind closed doors when we don't see it. And that you won't, that will never know, but that's, that's the possibility. But he won't probably not show it on the – TV, because I think he still wants to show that he has some sort of like composure to him, or maybe that's just how he is as a person too. So you can't really like judge him up for that. I feel like. What about um, Arsenal West Ham? Because that was a that was a nail biter. It shouldn't have been. Honestly, that was West Ham handled that situation that game terribly. To be honest. Well, I guess you could say that it was a blessing and a curse in a sense because it's a good thing that they scored sort of early. That so it gave us enough time to come back. But at the same time, from an Arsenal perspective... I mean, you guys were 3-0 down. Yeah, I don't think it should have... Well, I mean, it's a good thing now we know we can come back from a 3-0 deficit, so that's cool. But at the same time... Know, but you can't rely on that. <laughs> yeah, we can't rely... You can't rely on that, obviously. And then we should have never, like, gone down... Got down that low in the first place. Jesse Lingard again, bro. I don't know. I swear to God, I think we have to sign him. Jesse Lingard's a beast, man. If, if Lingard goes to, the, to, uh, to Arsenal, I don't even know. That's going to be, like, the biggest plot twist ever low-key i'm seriously considering us signing him because he's been our worst like every time he plays against us it's gonna be millie rocking everywhere he loves me against arsenal dog that goal was beautiful but then that is that pass that assist for the second goal i comes out of nowhere i think our defense got caught sleeping too he's a beast he's a beast when he's on when he's on when he's in form i mean our defensively got caught sleeping too so that's on us and i think leno could have saved that but realistically we should have i mean it should have never got to that point Good thing that we were able to come back, though. I do think that uh, having Lacazette as a nine, I'd rather than Aubameyang, even though Aubameyang had had an okay game, in my opinion. I do feel like having Lacazette as a nine is a better option for us, especially in this system with Arteta, just because I think Lacazette, in terms of his one-touch play and his play behind the goal, like when he has his back against the goal, he's, he might be one of the best strikers in the, in the Prem in terms of like linking up the play with his, with his uh, creative midfielders and around him and like his wingers and stuff. So he brings everybody into play and it kind of confuses the defense because obviously the ball moves so quickly, you can't even react at this point. And yeah, I do think that, like I said, it was a big part of this game. I mean, he did get an own goal. I thought he was his goal, but it wasn't on goal. He did get a goal eventually from Pepe, who, by the way, Pepe played good as well. He might be have to consider, we might have to consider starting him. Pepe, Pepe taking a shot on goal always looks so awkward to me, though. Why? It always feels like it takes so much out of him to like actually put power behind the ball. 
and half the time like it's these are not like powerful shots like he has those like one or two that like like will go well but i feel like most of the time it's just like kind of him passing the ball to the goalkeeper i don't know it's just kind of like a vibe i get when he takes a shot when he tries to take a shot i don't know i mean regardless he didn't really he he mostly assisted a lot i mean he did took a shot that part of show he probably should have won in but he did assist it once so i'll give him credit for that uh, from a from an Obama perspective, I'm starting to be really worried about him because for the simple fact for the simple fact that I, I don't think he fits the team right now. I do feel like his best position might be on the wing, but I don't know where else. There's a there's a strong possibility that we might have to consider selling him in the summer just to get uh, some sort of profit off of him. I'm seriously considering that he might be like it might be the time for him to like. Not because he's being doing so bad, but it's just because he doesn't fit the system right now. But it's one of those things that, like, is the system permanent? Is Arteta permanent? Are you going to sell one of the best strikers in the world because he doesn't fit the system right now? Or when you have a player that good, you fit him into the system. He should be good enough to fit in the system, but you got, like you said, you also have to consider long term. Like, the system might not be what it is in the next few weeks or even next season, starting next season. So things might change. So, I mean, hopefully he, Aubameyang kind of finds his form back, his form again. But, I mean, it is a bit worrying right now. I do I do see, I do agree with you on the fact that it's a, I mean, long-term, it might not be the best idea to sell him. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. I do want to say, though, I think Arsenal's priority this summer has to be to sign Odegaard permanently, though. I agree with that. He has been a revelation for you guys. He has been... A massive a plus, a massive reinforcement improvement to the team. I think him and Smith wrote together are one of our two of our best uh, consistent players re- recently, as well as Saka, obviously. But I do feel like with Odegaard, we're 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 a much better team than we were in the previous. So I would really, I need, I think, I know they said that it depends on what's done does this summer as well. Like it depends on where he goes or whether he leaves or not. Because I feel like Odegaard still said that he still sees himself as a Madrid player in the future. But regarding depending on the depending on what happens in Madrid, like we we gotta put the money on the guard. I do feel like it's he's a he's a the right man for the job at Arsenal right now. If he wants to stay there and he knows he doesn't have a place in Madrid, because I think if he's promised regular game time in Madrid and regular game time at Arsenal, I think he's going to go to Madrid for him. Anyway. Yeah, I would I would probably say the same thing as well. But I think it depends on whether Madrid what what Madrid does with Zidane and also if Zidane leaves, like who takes over, right? Because it come, it'll come, it'll be a different, a whole another situation for him. So, I mean, it really, it really depends. I know we said uh, we were talking off uh, off the pod how uh, Nagelsmann is kind of in that conversation for Madrid if Zidane leaves. And if Zidane leaves, are we thinking only Juve as a potential uh, option, like most likely option? Anyway? I mean, Juve seems a bit in a rough situation right now, especially after the loss to. With how they're going, it seems like they're going to need a change in management. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're not going to win the title. That seems to be like, especially after that loss of Benevento this weekend, I think they're not winning the title. That's pretty, that's pretty like guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it really depends. I think Zidane could be considered for the job, assuming that they want to sign Pirlo, which I think they might consider. Maybe they put him back to his old, his old post. I don't know. I feel like that you can't. Can't do that anymore. You can't really go back to like. I mean, it's not. I mean, from the under twenty threes, you can't really go back to that. It's a, it'll be a, a bit weird. I do. It'd be an embarrassing situation. That too. I mean, Zidane. Maybe Zidane takes over a year because you know how last time he took a year off. I think. Yeah, he did. So maybe he'll take a year and then, like, sort of like how Allegri is doing right now. 
So maybe he'll do that and then come back. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Allegri? Because I've had some like positive thoughts about him in the past, but I've seen a lot of negative uh, negative comments about him recently. Being like he's not really, not really. Yeah, we're like hyping him up over his uh, his level. Apparently, I mean to be fair, to be able to keep inter, I mean Juve that consistent for years, you can't be you can't be a bad manager. And also, I believe that the last trophy that Milan won was with uh, Allegri. So. He definitely had the pedigree to coach, uh, to be a, as a good coach in this area. I do feel like he is more of a systematic uh, coach. So like he'll have a system and then uh, the players can kind of be like plugged in and out of the system. And then obviously their the system works as it is. That's why maybe, I mean, if I was Spurs, I would consider Allegri more so than like the others. I was going to, listen, I was going to ask you a couple of questions about that. Like, do you think Allegri is the only he's only going to be able to be successful in, in the Serie A? I mean, time will tell. I mean, you'd have to, like, because we... But also, second question, second question. Who would you take between Mourinho and Allegri? Like, if you had to choose, like, on paper, like, for the future of your club, like, right now. So I feel like both kind of have a little bit more, have been really good in the past, but as of late, kind of downtrending. But Mourinho, it kind of feels like it's falling off a cliff. It feels like every club is going to the, the success of the club just becomes worse and worse. I mean, realistically, just because of the recent results, I would probably say Allegri over Mourinho right now. If I was if I was like if I was Daniel Levy, I would sack I would I would sack Mourinho in the summer and then take Allegri. If I was Daniel Levy, honestly. Just because I feel like this Mourinho cycle seems to have run to its end. Like I don't know where he can improve the squad more than he already has. I feel like the, there's a lot of responsibility on the players in the first place, to especially for that last result and in the, the Europa League. I think they're that's the thing with Mourinho is that it's always a, a question about do the players believe in him or do do the players support him, and a lot of the times when he's not doing well, the players do not support him and the players do not believe in him. And I think it's a lot because of the fact that like he he has a tendency to throw players under the bus very often. So when your manager doesn't have your back, you turn on him. That's the thing. Yeah, but he didn't really do that this time. I think he was as furious against towards the players as like every other Spurs fans was, and as they should be. Even Lloris said that it was on us and not on Mourinho when they lost that game. So I can't really say that Mourinho deserves a lot of blame for that one. But like going back to the question that you asked, like I do think that you, they should seriously consider Allegri to replace him if like Allegri becomes an option for them. And I mean, we we talked about. Um, him winning trophies in Serie A, and you, you asked whether or not he could do the same thing in, in like another league. I do think he could. I could see he do well him do well in La Liga. Uh, I mean, Liga is a possibility. I mean, obviously, if he has PSG, he can pretty much do any, anything. The Bundesliga could be an option as well with Bayern, because Bayern apparently, like, um, Hansi Flick said that he's, he may not be coming back, especially after the especially after Joachim Glow, like, said that he was going to resign from the German club, the German national team after the Euro. So, I mean, it could be an option for him there at Bayern if Ansi Flick leaves. So there's often, there's definitely options for him. And I do feel like he could be successful outside of Serie A. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands. I feel like there's a lot of managers kind of waiting. Some managers are going to be forced to leave and some managers are waiting for spots to open up. So we'll see how everything uh, settles. It might be another, it might be another musical chair season for managers. Yeah, that's what I don't really get about, like, about like like the manager cycle a little bit it just feels like it's the same managers rotating every team um kind of doesn't make a lot of sense 
to me sometimes. When you're good, you're good. Yeah, for sure. But there's a reason why you're sacked in the first place, right? Sometimes it's just you need to change the scenery, right? But sometimes I feel like we should be giving options for new uh, new talent. Yeah, bring me in. <laughs> bring you in. Um, speaking of talent, though, um, I saw this conversation this conversation topic kind of floating around on social media, on Twitter especially. Um, a lot of Benzema talk uh, as of late. I feel like man's been forgotten a little bit and is starting, people are starting to remember. He, man's been a force. Benzema, like in our generation, generation being maybe like the last 10 to 15 years. Let's say the 2010s. He's got to be like top three striker of this generation. Yeah, no, no question. He is, yeah, absolutely. And even now, he, I feel like he's always been like, Madrid silent protector, you know. Well, I mean, to be fair, like when Ronaldo was there, he wasn't like he was sort of overshadowed, even though he was doing what he was supposed to do and like do scores the goals when he has to and then assist Ronaldo whenever he could and basically do the playmaking and play give his sister CR7 and like even Bale when he was there, he was pretty much assisting him too. So he definitely took a back role once uh when Ronaldo was there was there. I mean, to be fair too, like when he got signed. I think I'm pretty sure he's signing what is announced like as the third one of the big three. I think it was him. It was Ronaldo, Kaká, and then him. So he was always supposed to be the like the understudy or the underdog of the of the three. So it, it definitely took some time for him to like shine. And also like remember at the beginning of his uh, Madrid career, he was it wasn't easy. Like he struggled at the beginning too. Like it, it took some time for him to actually get to where he was. So. I guess that kind of that sort of explains why people sort of sleep slept on him, which I mean, I didn't because I we, if people saw what he did with Lyon, I think they would expect the same thing from him in Madrid, even though it's a different league. It's obviously a better league, but he definitely had the quality in Lyon, and it makes sense for him to be as good as he is now. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll, me personally, I feel like he might be Olympique Lyonnais' best like talent in terms of the academy because we know how we talked about how Lyon having one of the best academies in Europe. And even so, the even so, the world, I think he's probably Lyon's best like product ever that, they, that they've produced. And if we're gonna go to like the France, the entire France, like uh, the French national team, I do feel like he might be. I mean, obviously, there's an issue with him. There's obviously like a dark dark story with him and the national team that happened. But if we're gonna talk about like the best French strikers, I think he must. He has to be number one, even ahead of Henri. See, that's where I think we disagree. I think. Benzema is probably two, for me, only behind Henri. Like I just and I'm the Arsenal guy. Henri, Henri is one of my also. I know he is for you, but for me also, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Thierry Henri is, is was magical. Um, I don't know. I feel like talent wise, I feel like Henri has the edge. I feel like Henri has the edge. I feel like Benzema has been a better. Inf- I mean, if t- if you take out Benzema in the like in last year's uh, La Liga, for example, last year's trophy that they won, they don't win the league for sure, right? I feel like Benzema has a bigger influence on their on each team that he's been to, especially after after like post Ronaldo. In each and in each and every of those teams, he's been a bigger influence than like Henri was at like Barcelona, for example. Obviously, he was a man at Arsenal, and like that's that's never gonna change. But when it comes to Barcelona, he wasn't the you know, he that he was. He took a sec. He took a back role. Like Benzema took a back role and became like the le- leader. But talent wise, you think Benzema is, was a more, is a more talented player than Ari? Yeah. 
And it's so it's it's not I mean it sounds easy when I say I say it quickly like that because I thought about it for so many times for long before. But like I came to the conclusion that yeah, I do think that like Benzema has to be the most talented striker and the the, the better striker basically of the of the two, in my opinion. And it's not even uh, it's a close it's, it's close. It's not even a short like it's a close race. Damn, that's crazy to me. I mean, listen, like we can talk about it all day long, and it's going to be. I think you. Oh. The argument is between one and two, and it's between those two. Ha- like, there's nobody else in that conversation. I mean, if you put trophies aside, because obviously Benzema beats him there too. Yeah, of course. But I mean, he spent most of his his uh, career at Arsenal, so can you blame him? Oh, that was a, that was a good <laughs> jab. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But like, I mean, if you that, that was, that's pretty good, I'll give you that. But like, if you're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about ability, just like ability. On the ball, one like him versus yeah, him versus uh, Henri versus Benzema. When it comes to ability, I do feel like Benzema edges Ronaldo. I mean, edges Henri. Sorry. Oh, I thought we were getting into a different conversation there. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I said edges him. He, I don't think he's like. I don't think it's a massive gap between those two because they're obviously two of the greatest like strikers in the world, right? I think there's a. I think Benzema just edges. Henri. I feel the same way, but in the opposite direction. I think it's uh, he edges out the Benzema. But I feel like there's a, there's a lot to say about this conversation in general. I feel like a lot of people have... Uh, I feel like it's probably 50-50. We'll run a poll and see uh, how uh, how people feel about this. And if you have any arguments and reasoning to why, um, please uh, let us know. But also to add to this... Can I just, can I just, can I just say something real quick? I, do, I just remembered. I think there's also a bit of a bias that we have because if you... I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've I've seen little of Henri at Arsenal like live games of Henri at Arsenal. I've seen we were young. We were young. We were too young for that. And then most of the games I saw from Henri were him at uh, Barca, him at Red Bulls, and him when he in the game that he came back for Arsenal for like the last the couple of few games. We've seen most of Benzema's career, so that's probably sort of why I have this opinion on him. For sure, just some of the goals I've seen Henri make are like goals that I haven't seen Benzema do, you know? Not that maybe he's not capable, but I haven't seen it, you know? There are different styles of strikers too. For sure, very different. But that's why that's why it's hard to compare them because it, if you have a bias towards one, uh, one style over the other, then it's going to uh, inherently like uh, make your decision bias when choosing between them as well. But uh, like that Henri goal against United, I just... You know the one. That's one. That's yeah. The second. Yeah, that's like you can't. You can't. You can't repl- replicate that. You can't replicate that. That's an all timer. I mean, it's not like that's insane. And the dribbling on the dribbling on Ari too, going past defenders. The speed of Ari running past defenders. Like he was faster than you with the ball at his feet, and that's crazy. But like you could see the same thing about Benzema when he was at Lyon, scoring scary goals, like scaring mad goals at like twenty years old, doing things that you shouldn't be doing. At that. So, I mean, you can go back and forth, really. No, for sure, for sure. I think Henri's more dangerous, though. I think, I feel like, I feel like maybe, I feel like Henri had a little bit more of that, like, create the chance on his own kind of genius a little bit. Hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think you're wrong there. Just like Benzema would be. And I think, I think it also has to do with the fact that, like, a large part of Benzema's career where he was playing alongside Ronaldo, where... Ronaldo sometimes did a lot of the heavy lifting, you know? That's not necessarily true. Like, he did a lot for Lyon as well. He carried Lyon for a while, too. For sure, for sure. But I think his... his A, a large part of what people are going to remember about his career is his, his Real Madrid days. I mean, how could you not? I think he spent a large part of his career there, right? So I think he's over 10 years now. 
yeah definitely so it, that's if we're talking about the last decade like that's that's how we know Benzema we know him playing alongside Ronaldo and Ronaldo being kind of the leader or leading that team offensively um where Anki I feel like was the one leading you know and then he went to Barcelona and he wasn't a leader anymore for sure but when he was at Arsenal so you see we can really go back and forth with this really I think there's there's no there's not a wrong answer that's the thing the bottom line there's no wrong answer exactly exactly um but let me ask you this though do you think Mbappe has the potential to surpass both I mean yeah he has a hundred he already has a hundred goals in like Liga and he's only 22 like a hundred goals is the next coming this is the next coming of maybe like the next the next player to win like back-to-back battle doors you know It may be Mbappe. Like, after this Messi and Ronaldo era is finished, it's... I mean, we had said before, the conversation was the next generation is Bale and Neymar, you know? And then that kind of died down really quickly. And Hazard, too. And Hazard was done after once <laughs> his last season at Chelsea. Um, but now it's really, like, Mbappe is up there. And I don't know if anybody's on Mbappe's level. Haaland? Yeah, for sure. But I feel like Mbappe was there a little bit earlier. Um, but it's going to be between those two, you know? Like, that's the thing. Um, but I think Mbappe has, like, astronomical talent. He's so quick. He's so good. Um, he can really, I don't know. One thing that I noticed, though, and I think I've seen that with Haaland as well, is the speed of, like, speed kills. Like, I think I don't think we realize how much of speed, how speed is a massive aspect of the game nowadays. I think it always has, but, like, Especially singing Mbappe and Lahalan, you can see that you can tell that speed has a massive like advantage in the game. Like if any, I mean, I would say that's to like younger players, like work on your speed. I think that's something that I'd regret not doing in the past because I thought I was naturally fast and I was until like some injuries, but I'm, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, so yeah, I do feel like speed is a massive aspect of the game that people like don't train, especially like running because we don't talk about like their running form. Like Mbappe doesn't run normally. Like, his running form is unique. Whenever you see him run, especially on the one-on-one, his running form is very unique to me. And it's, like, I need – it's probably something that needs to be analyzed a bit more. But, yeah, like, I would say, like, practice your running technique and, like, how to run. Because that's not something that we've, like – I mean, you, you can we can talk about it, okay? We don't we – don't, we didn't really practice running. No. So, that's something – that's a skill that we didn't – You don't practice getting faster. That's what we'll say. Yeah, we just run. So I feel I feel like nowadays like it's, that's something that can be trained and that's you can tell like with the Holland and Mbappe and even other players like Coman or stuff like that, like even look at the entire, the entire Bayern attack like that's it's pace FC basically. Yeah, but uh, don't forget we have to add to the resume as well. Like Mbappe, not only does he have so many league titles, but we got a World Cup under his belt already. Agree, that's true. That's a big one as well. We got a World Cup under his belt already. I think I think Mbappe when it's all said and done, he'll probably surpass Ali and Benzema and especially if he leaves PSG and goes to like a, a Spanish team or a Premier League team and is successful there and wins a couple leagues there maybe a Champions League I think it's it's no question he's going to be up there especially if he keeps scoring the way he, he is now and he started his success and his, his talent has peaked already at such a young age that if he even keeps getting better he's not even in his prime yet like it's dangerous it's scary uh yeah But uh, give us a little rundown about this uh, summary of the episode as we wrap it up. All right. So basically what we've talked about today 
Uh, we started with Trent and his not him not being selected by England and what it means for him in the future. We talked about Spurs targeting Gerrard as a possible coach and whether or not Mourinho is like still in the running for next season. Obviously, we talked about Leicester smacking Manu. Shout out to Kelechini Nacho. Um, Shout out. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal West Ham three three. Uh, Shout out. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't talk about much about us. It was a, it was a great game for the great game for the neutral. And we talked about uh, Juve and, and their title chances in the summer. Their their little title chances probably, probably slim to none. Uh, is Pirlo going to get into coach next season? Uh, is Allegri still in the running? Allegri is still around, so uh, that remains to be seen. We talked about Benzema. Is Benzema a top striker in our generation? Of all time, dang. Is he a top three striker of all time? Is he oh, no of our generation? Sorry, is he if he is he the best French striker ever? Is he better than Henri? Is Henri better than Benzema? We talked about that, we debated that, and then yeah, that's really it. I guess we could talk about the question of the week as well. We talked, did we talk about it? We talked about it actually. Who is well, we I mean, we talked about it, we discussed it, but who do you think is the best striker between Thierry Henri and Karim Benzema? I mean, listen, it's a close battle. I think there's no really any right answers. I think, but I'd be curious. There's no wrong answers. There is no, there no wrong answers, no right answers. But I think um, it's, I'm going to be curious to see what the people uh, think, how uh, one side leads more towards the other. I think people are going to lean towards Ali, I think, personally. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to run it on the forward pressing uh, insulter, but I'm also going to put it on my story just in case, just so we can get more numbers. For sure. Make sure uh, to give us your input um, by following our socials on Instagram, forward underscore pressing, and on Twitter, forward press pod. Make sure you give us a follow there and uh, answer the question of the week and let us know your thoughts. But for this week, episode 18 in the books, thanks for listening. We hope to see you next week. Peace. Peace.